Hello everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, the one only show on the internet that brings you the latest in TV, movie, fantasy, sci-fi, news, hosted by myself, Dan Selke, the editor of WinterIsComing.net, and Mia Johnson, editor of DorkSideOfTheForce.com. Recently returned from your vacation back in the studio. Yeah. Mia, how was your time off? How's your week oh, off? Oh, it was fun. I've been telling everyone it was an interesting vacation. I went out to Las Vegas. Woo. The trip was, it wasn't to gamble and, you know, to get wild. We were visiting some family friends who had just moved out there, so... I was like, this is not the Disneyland vacation that I had earlier this summer. But it was still It's kind of like Disneyland, though. It it's is a little bit Disneyland. like an Disneyland with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. But I did like, it's got all the theming. Like you said, yes, we were does. talking about like the Luxor is the Pyramid Hotel. And the Excalibur Palace. is the Medieval Hotel. Which yeah, I, we stayed I, in I, that. Oh, but did? we went to eat. We went to eat there for dinner. Yeah. I wanted to say <laughs> that one. I stayed in the Pyramid Hotel. Yeah. And they got Caesar's Palace, which is like the Roman hotel. It's such a stupid, stupid place. I really kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one thing that sells me over is I really love the whole thing. It is like Disneyland in a sense. Like Disneyland has Epcot where they got like the Paris Pavilion and all mm. that. It's like, oh, there's a Paris here in Las Vegas. There's a New York themed yeah. one that has a roller coaster that goes <laughs> at the city. I remember that. Yeah. So I complain, but actually the more I think about it, the more I, en- I enjoyed myself. It was a fun trip. I'm glad to be kind of rested. and I wouldn't mind back. Yeah. Yes, we, we are glad to have you back. And <laughs> hello, everybody who's watching. Hello, Julie, uh, Julie, Christian, Joe. We are here to talk all things, you know, uh, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Marvel, basically anything nerdy. We're here to talk about it. And we're going to start with some hot new releases. Oh, yeah. Because we have been taking in various TV shows and movies of late, including ones that I know you're on your mind. So I guess first, Mia, let's talk about... The Suicide Squad, the new DC film from Guardians of the Galaxy director and Martin Scorsese critic James Gunn. Mm -hmm. So we both watched this over the over the um, the weekend and it's had a fair amount of buzz around it. Yeah. Um, Big D sing lots of stars. We got John Cena. We got Idris Elba. We got David Dasmalchain. I never said that out loud before. I don't know if I I, I said that right. Um, And there's been I don't know. A lot of hype for it. Like, James Gunn likes... He, he is a talker. Like, he <laughs> oh, likes to hype things up. <laughs> yeah, and I think it had a lot going on its shoulders, too, because, you know, you're thinking back to the first Suicide uh-huh. Squad, which... Is this a spinoff or a soft reboot? Who knows what this is in relation to that? But that was generally disliked. I thought I liked it until I went back to rewatch it, and I was like, no, this is, this is, this is kind of trash, so. <laughs> um, I think that's why everyone was kind of looking to James Gunn because when you bring someone from Marvel, it is like bringing the big guns, unless it's Joss Whedon <laughs> and you're bringing him on to Justice League. So maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I think that's why there's just so much buzz around. It's like, can James Gunn turn around DC? And did he, in your opinion, with the Suicide you Squad? You know what? You're going to find this funny, but I think he did. I really think he I enjoyed this movie <laughs> so much more than I thought I was. And... I okay, so I think my my flight was on Saturday. I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning uh, okay. Pacific time, got on the flight, had a stopover in Minneapolis, went to the print store, <laughs> got on our flight to Chicago. It's late. I go to the grocery store and I'm like, I should go to sleep. And I'm like, I'm looking at all the reviews for the Suicide Squad. And I'm like, I'm gonna cook dinner and I'm gonna watch the Suicide they Squad. They were ravenous. They were, and I was like, because if I don't watch it now, something is gonna be spoiled for me because people true, just were true. not talking about it. So after all of this, I ended up putting on the movie 
And I was like, I'll just watch it. I don't care. I'll tune it out. And I like really enjoyed it. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm actually glad I put this on. Um, aside from the fact that I had to watch it in two parts because I did fall asleep <laughs> when it was 1030. Sure. I was like, it has been way too long. It's a long And day. I was like, I actually want to pay attention and listen to this movie. So I ended up watching it the next, finishing it the next night. And like just putting it kind of like at the top of my DC list. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> um, I agree with Christian here. He says that best thing DC has produced in a while. I really enjoyed it. It was way over the top, but did it right. And I agree with that. It was very over the top. It was um, deliberately camp in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. It wasn't trying for anything uh, revolutionary or serious or great. I definitely enjoyed it while I was watching it. Ooh, I, I did. Wow. I enjoyed it while I was watching. I thought it was fun. You know, Margot Robbie is very charismatic mm-hmm. as Harley Quinn. Um, they got a good kind of group of cast, I, I, uh, cast members. I liked sort of the fake outs where they had just some random folk at the beginning. Yeah. Um, who, who were they all? Um, Pete Davidson, Pete da- Sorry, that's what Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker, yeah. Weasel, who just kind Nathan of, um, Fillion, Nathan yeah. Fillion, yeah, who just kind of got shot. That was fun. <laughs> it was a movie that, um, uh, took shots like that. It was kind of metatextual. It was cute. Okay. Um, but. Stepping back a bit, it's not like it was great. It's it's not like it was, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I saw all the ravenous reviews and the wonderful reviews and I was expecting something like, I don't know, Dark Knight level, or like, re- like really game changing. And mm. I was like, this is a superhero movie and it's fine and it's, and, it, and, and it's not bad. Yeah. I also, I mean, it didn't have, when you, when I stepped back and my critic brain went on, it was like, I mean, it didn't, it was very... You know, like they say in a screenplay that kind of everything should have a point, mm-hmm. that everything should lead to something else. Like there were big chunks of that movie that just didn't really do anything else. Uh-huh. Like, you know, Harley Quinn is a whole side plot where she seduces a uh, a Cortal oh, yeah, Maltesian yeah. overthrow dictator guy. It was cute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it would meant. Um, and some of the jokes, I didn't like it when it turned kind of stakes heavy toward the end. Like, mm-hmm. so for most of it. It's 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 sort of like a cynical laugh factory where like, oh, we're seeing who can take out this village of um, government agents quick enough. Oh, it's freedom fighters. Whoopsie daisy. And it's like you laugh at that. And yeah. then later they decide they all believe in like truth and they must get this information out to the press. <laughs> and it kind of evoked like these real life um South American coups, like an Argentina and Bolivia. Yeah. But then the final battle is against a giant colorful starfish. It, it was kind of, it was messy, but it was fun. It uh-huh. was fun. I enjoyed watching it. I really did. Um, I guess I was hoping for something a little, based on the crazy review, something a little more meaty. Okay. I see where you're coming from. I think... And I can't be too, I'm like, oh, I'm not taking this personally because my expectations were low in the first place. I wasn't sold over by. weirdly high. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I, w- I know because I wasn't sold over by the trailer. Um, it just didn't seem to do anything for me. And sure. the particular brand of humor, at least portrayed in the trailer, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. I will say I, I really don't enjoy when things get gruesome, you know, like bloody oh, and hacky for the sake of comedy. Um, maybe there were a couple of scenes where I was like, okay, that was you know, kind of at the end, like with the John Cena versus Idris Elba when they're like having the, you know, who can shoot more people or kill more people. It's like, it's horrible, but I get where they're going with this. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's definitely trying to be a, you know, edgy. Yeah. It, it wants you <laughs> yeah. to. Part of it is like 
the sort of gross instinct. Like, we're going to entertain you by like, can you believe we went there? Yeah, like yep, sort of exactly. Thing. But I was surprised, though, how much I kind of enjoyed the characters because I was thinking back to Black like I enjoyed this so much more than Black Widow which the day that I'm like you know I profess that I like a DC movie over you know the latest (laughs) Marvel movie is like wow Uh, but yeah I really I enjoyed the characterization of this more and I think James Gunn kind of said like I saw a quote where he was like people are gonna um, relate to Polka Dot Man more than Captain America and I'm like I guess maybe not that they're so much more relatable um, you know, they all seem to have their own backstory and it's kind of emotional. Even like Ratcatcher. I was like, why do I like this character? Ratcatcher's kind of cute. <laughs> um, that but, Polka Dot Man quote sounds like something James kind of sort of yeah, says exactly. without thinking about it, which I think he does occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just surprised to see how much I enjoyed the... I don't know if I want to say character growth, the characterization, because they they yes, kind of... Because I would dispute their character growth. Yeah, There's lots of characterization. They, I, I was I was gonna say growth. they went mm. <laughs> they went to the Loki school of character growth. So you know you just kind of go through this one moment. And you're like you know what my heart has changed. It grew three sizes. Idrisalva likes rats now. <laughs> exactly, but I thought that was so cute. Like it I couldn't cute. find any faults with it. It was just you know a comedy. Like you said, it didn't change the genre or do anything like that. But I was like, hey, I enjoyed it. I think he told a good story. Maybe a little messy here and there, but I know I probably watched it again. I I'm like I don't know when, but. I, I kind of wanted a sequel too when I was done watching it. I wouldn't mind it. Um, I want like I want to I want a better character screenplay. There's <laughs> like I'll, I'll, we'll move on in a second, but like there's an essay about camp um, by some somebody really smart uh, who said that it's like instant camp is instant character mm-hmm. where there isn't really much like growth or context, and I kind of got that from this. So yeah, people are here they are formed. They are acting according to how we know they're supposed to act. And that's kind of all it is. But it was fun and it was well mm-hmm. done. And I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> Before we move on, uh, it's that time in the show where I talk to the men in the audience, but also the women who know men. So basically everybody, you know, winter is coming gone, but summer is here right now. And that can mean heat. That can mean visiting the beach. That can mean sweat-related discomfort. (laughs) Ask me. I sweat a lot. To help with all of this, you'll want the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. This package comes with the Lawnmower 4.0, which makes removing body hair easier than ever before, thanks to its cutting-edge ceramic blade. It also has an LED spotlight, and it's waterproof. So if you're showering and you're shaving and the power goes out, that's not going to stop you from doing what needs to be done. And that's not the only product that Manscaped has to offer. The Weed Whacker takes care of your pesky nose and ear hair. And the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant is like regular deodorant, but it deodorizes a part of the body that you don't put regular deodorant on. Want these fine products for yourself? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Let's get buzzing. Thank you, Manscaped. Yes, thank you, thank you. All right, um... What? And hello, Nicole, and hello, Ed. Good, good to see you here. <laughs> great time to jump in. Jump, great time to jump in. <laughs> what 
what else are what else are you watching me i well, I, I, I think you also have a an advanced look another superhero property yeah uh this just came out overnight um today debuted mm-hmm. uh marvel's what if if you thought you know Plus. you could rest after loki and take a break and you know kind of get marvel out of your mind and watch suicide squad Marvel Studios says that ain't going to happen. No. Uh, but right. yeah, so what if came out? It's the animated anthology series based on this comic book series where it's kind of like, hey, you know, what if these different random events happen based on the canon events that happen in the Marvel Universe? Um is basically kind of what comic books do anyway they always just kind of oh, change yeah. things so. <laughs> i mean you have to like sell so many issues and have so many books running at once like whatever whatever you got goes <laughs> yeah so um but this one is more interesting because the mcu is kind of fixed safe for whatever they're trying to do with the multiverse um for the last 10 years it's been fixed and they're like okay well now what if we play with this so that's what what if is all about mm-hmm. um so i watched the first three episodes and the first one was released, so we can't talk about it. Did you watch uh, the first episode? I'm afraid I didn't yet. Oh, no. <laughs> or maybe ever. We'll see. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Should I? That's a good question. Um, should, should you? I Well, okay. Listen I'll say us. I really enjoyed this series. And as a Marvel fan, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of a nice breath of fresh air to have something that is not, you know, their typical offering. And I think we were having the conversation last time I was here about, you know, you were talking about like watching the Batman movies, the animated movies, and yes. they don't always hit that that right way. Oh, they almost never hit. <laughs> I think these are, I don't know if I want to say on par with the storytelling of the movies, but I think for the <laughs> most part, it's like, it's not, it's not like those typical cartoons that you see that comes on Disney or, you know, wherever else these might air. So, um I, I, okay, so the first one that came out was the Captain Carter. We just saw the photo of that there. And it's basically the whole premise is what happens if Peggy Carter happens to take the super soldier serum instead of Captain America, we get Captain Carter. And not Captain Britain, Captain Carter. <laughs> um, th- now, this episode... Oh, wait, yeah. she's British, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. It's no, yeah. Wait, how's that even... They, a missed opportunity, I know. Um, but, okay, this episode... I'm Captain America. A I'm lot of people liked... I found this one to be a little slow and actually it kind of lowered my expectations for this. So I know there were people who liked it. Overall, though, I do recommend the series. If I can cut to the chase, I do recommend the series uh, because even after episode one with episode two and three, they get just really weird with it. Um, cool. They, cool. It's not just taking one variable like with this one here is um, what happens if T'Challa is Star-Lord. So that's him and the Collector. And it's voiced by Chadwick Boseman. And it w- that to me was kind of, you is know. voiced by the Collector guy? Who was... You know what? They didn't include the credits on that. It, Benicio del Toro. It didn't sound like him. I wasn't sure, but I have to double check when that one is out. But yeah, to hear Chadwick Boseman one last time, that was really awesome. And just to hear the other cast too, it's like, oh, you usually don't get this. You know, when it's a cartoon, it's going to be someone different. They probably don't sound like that actor. Um, And it kind of sometimes draws you out of the experience. So this makes it feel like it's the MCU, but you're like, oh, wow, that would be really cool if that happens, if Star-Lord and... um, Michael Rooker's character, you know, with the Yandu. guy with the whistle, Yandu. At least you know that. <laughs> Yandu, like, what happens if they get together? So there were some really fun surprises in there. And it's like moment after moment, it's like a twist. You're like, oh, that's so cool that he's doing this now or she's doing that now. So I, I think you should check it out. Maybe at least the I one might. episode I mean, or so. Well, okay. I'll, I'll ask the question that determines it. I have two yes. questions. Um, 
Are these half hour or hour long? Just half hour. Okay. Yeah. That drastically increases Ooh. the chance that I might watch it. Um, <laughs> my other question, and by the way, Christian has a good comment. It was fun catching the tip of the hat moments of the first Captain America movie. I'm assuming in that episode, which is cool. Mm-hmm. These must be just reference paloozas, these things. Oh, yeah. it Yeah, it requires some deep knowledge not necessarily deep but as long as you know you've been a fan all these years um the first move this first episode in particular was kind of weird because it was like we are just gonna retell captain america the movie but kind of you know now peggy carter is taking over the events right but whereas the second one was like we're not really gonna retell a whole movie we're just gonna take a moment of time and then just completely turn it the heck out so i like those two a lot better because they do get a little bit you know, like I was saying, more interesting with the storytelling. The third episode deals with the Avengers and Nick Fury. And I don't okay. even, I, can't, I won't even say anything else, but that was kind of my favorite era within that third episode. So I was like, oh, this is so, so good. <laughs> my other question for you was, okay, so this show, what if multiverse, it follows Loki where there was a big multiverse explosion. Does this tie into like kind of the ongoing story we're getting with these Um, shows or is this a standalone sort of thing? It feels like it's meant to be a standalone. I think there was something recent where they said, did they pitch this idea before they knew about the multiverse, I think? Something like that. Yeah, there was something like that. So they don't make any reference, at least in the first three episodes, to the multiverse and what happened and all that. Okay. Um, it's centered around the Watcher, who um, is voiced by Jeffrey Wright, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "Hey, I'm this guy in space, and I get to see all these cool things that are happening <clears throat> in other universes." So it's kind of like Heimdall, but he gets to see like everything, everything. He's um, like us; he's watching TV. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'll. I guess it's a weekly series. I I don't know how many episodes there are. At least eight. I know at least eight. And uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. And I enjoyed it. And uh, as far as animated series go, I think I put this one over the Bad Batch, too. So, cool. So, yeah. I, I could use like a little kind of a lighter break. More stuff? Sure. Yeah. So, and again, a half hour makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Standalone and, stuff makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Standalone anthology, so you don't have to, like, continuously keep watching. You can really jump back in into any one episode. So... Yeah, recommend it. Well, okay. So this is our last uh, item on the list for what are we watching, and this is your pick, Dan. So it was just quick um, because this came out two weeks ago, and I actually went to a theater for the first time since like March 2020, (laughs) or before that, since the pandemic. Um, I might have to like stop going now, might shut down again. Anyway, I saw the Green Knight in a theater. Yeah, and I was so happy in a theater. Honestly, I'm not even sure I I absorbed it all. I was just so happy to have popcorn. (laughs) And they didn't have milk duds. I was very oh, offended no. by this. I love milk duds. Oh, no. I do too. That's like my favorite. I know. The ones I, at I've the, never happened to the that. The ones at the movie theater taste different from the ones at the grocery store. They Walgreens, absolutely though. do. But anyway, <laughs> okay. I saw The Green Knight, which is a movie that adapts a very ancient, anonymous medieval story about Gawain the Green Knight, a member of King Arthur's court. So we're in medieval times. We're in mm-hmm. mythical England. And it does feel, I liked it a lot. Awesome. I loved the atmosphere. I liked kind of all the kind of directorial choices they made with by, to establish it, kind of the colors and the framing and just the pace. It was a slow sort of languid, um, intentional pace that let you just kind of sink in. It was a good thing to see in the theater. I, you know, I feel yeah. like with all these superhero movies, like we're, there, there, there's a way to do it. 
and it has to like move us to this bit and this bit mm-hmm. and this bit and this bit instead <laughs> of this next thing, next thing. It was just nice to watch a movie that was just like sitting by itself. Like <laughs> yeah. that was f- sort of a pleasure to start because I'm so used to this stuff now. Um, Dev Patel plays Gawain. And the, the story is basically a green knight comes in. He's a young green knight. Oh, oh, whoa. Okay. Gawain is a young green knight in the sense <laughs> that he is inexperienced. And okay. then a literal green knight walks in who is like made of trees. Um, challenges a knight to fight him. Gawain cuts his head off, and then he picks it up, puts back on, said, like, I will repay this blow onto you in one year's time. And then the whole thing is just him going on a quest to meet the Green Knight again. And again, it's kind of episodic, and it's all just something you just want to, like, get absorbed into and let it wash over you. And the the filmmakers are very interested in setting the mood and the Mm -hmm. atmosphere. That's their kind of main thing. And it was nice. It was a nice absorbing experience. Kind of got taken away. I enjoyed Ooh, it. That's nice. I don't quite know what the ending meant. Um, <laughs> was it open-ended or? It was open-ended, yes. Oh, I didn't see. Now I'm. There's some beautiful shots that like, kind of compose these scenes of nature and the green knight kind of resting in repose in this kind of ruined moss-covered chapel. There's a lot of shots of like the English countryside and rain and just, it was, it, it was a very pleasant um Almost spiritual movie to watch. Ooh, wow. That fed my um, movie-enjoying soul. Was it good? I don't even know. Oh. <laughs> but I definitely did enjoy watching it. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say it was good. But, so, do you recommend it at the very least? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I do recommend okay. it. I don't know what I would have liked. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I would have liked this much if, if it weren't in the theater. Although, mm. I don't know if I'm just fetishizing that experience because I haven't been away from it for so long. Although it is going to stream for like 20 bucks for like one night. Oh, wow. Um, right. Have you heard this? Like in, I think like in a week on like A24's website, you can like pay 20 uh, bucks and then like watch it at home for one night only. Because. a lot for rental. Part. I mean, here's a news update. There's still a pandemic. People still aren't going to the theater and movies are still kind of. I- yeah. It's struggling that way. We'll talk about that in a second. It's cheaper than Disney, but still, even Disney lets you have it for a little while with the premium stuff. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second, though. So, <laughs> My question is one more comment about what if at the beginning they mention how certain moments trigger different streams of the universe. Mm-hmm. It creates a moment during the, during the beginning. Very Loki-ish. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah it's kind of like you, you create that little nexus event, you know, one thing, the butterfly event, basically, a butterfly thing that's supposed to happen, and then it just creates this whole other branch so That's yeah it's good. very location yeah i enjoyed the green knight recommend it and of course it's good to feed that like kind of medieval fantasy stuff oh, with yeah. like the original medieval stuff king arthur can't get more oh yeah sort of classic <laughs> medieval legendary than that oh yeah and i almost never like king arthur stuff but this was quite good that's good to hear <laughs> arthur's in it for like a couple of minutes it's about Gawain. Gawain's it's arthur. his movie of course it's dev patel's film awesome so this is something that you all over on Winter is Coming uh, released today, this next bit of news as we go into House of the Dragon and uh-huh. all that good stuff. So it sounds like there has been a casting update, hasn't there? there there's Perhaps. been a casting report that, yeah. I, that I believe. <laughs> House of the Dragon, you know, Game of Thrones prequel series coming around the bend in 2022. Um, we're getting a lot of report. We know who's playing people. We know Matt Smith is playing Damon Targaryen. We know Emma D'Arcy is playing Renera Targaryen. We know Olivia Cook is Alison Hightower. We have a bunch of the cast, but... Like Game of Thrones, this thing has a whole lot of freaking characters. Um, I'd be disappointed if it didn't. For <laughs> yeah. a Game of Thrones follow-up, you better have a s- intimidating sprawl of people whose names I can neither remember nor pronounce. And uh, there was a like a UK actors kind of um, 
collective Twitter that congratulated one of its members, David Horovich, for his work on the stage doing Shakespeare mm-hmm. and just kind of like offhand mentioning, oh, congrats on, on, congrats on, on joining the cast of House of the Dragon, David. Good for you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm betting they wouldn't have wanted that out, HBO. It's <laughs> yeah. one of those wonderful little coincidences. So it looks like David Horvovich, who is a 70-something English actor who mm-hmm. has been in, you know, one of those guys who's been around forever and he's been yeah. in lots of British TV shows over the years, a lot of Shakespeare stage work. He has a YouTube channel where he just like reads Shakespeare sonnets, Aww. which is kind of cool. It's <laughs> so adorable. Um, he has, I'm going to go ahead and say he's definitely joined the cast. Mm-hmm. I don't have confirmation, but eh, whatever. I'm just going to go say it anyway. And um, that's cool because yeah. we want actors of caliber, status, and distinction mm-hmm. in this fine show about dragons eating each other. <laughs> exactly. So is there any kind of speculation about who his character could be? Like, is there any there precedence for it? Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, again, nothing confirmed. Yeah. But um, I always like Game of Thrones because it had, like, prominent characters who were of different generations, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you had, like, your Arya and your Sansa and your Bran who were, like, kids. And then you had, like, your John and Nairis who were a little older. And you had, like, Ned and Catelyn and Cersei and Tyrion who were a little older. And then you had, like, Olena and Tywin who yeah. were, like, elderly people. <laughs> It was fun. It was fun yeah. to like kind of get different characters of all different generations in there. And there are some older characters in the Dance of the Dragon story, which is set about 170 years before Game of Thrones. Two side, we always do this. Two sides of the Targaryen family. They both want the throne. They fight each other. And I'm just going to give you my um, speculation as who oh, he is. Okay, let's hear it. There's a few options, but I think he's going to be a character named Lord Lyman Beesbury. And Lord Lyman's deal is that he is, I believe, the master of coin under King Viserys Targaryen, who was the king at the start of the story. Mm-hmm. And then he's the one who dies, and then the whole th- battle for the throne is who replaces him. And. The trick with the Dance of the Dragons is his daughter Rhaenyra has been promised the throne. She thinks it's hers. And then his second wife would prefer her son by the king be on the throne. Right. And when he dies, there's a split. Like, do we, who do we put on the throne? And both people argue for their own thing. Now, Lord Beesbury is old school. He's literally old school. He's old. <laughs> yeah. And he is old enough to remember back when the king promised the throne to his daughter Rhaenyra. But when he dies, he's around supporters of Aegon, the uh, second wife's son, Alison Hightower. And right after the king dies, his wife, Alison Hightower, calls like a council together with the purpose basically being, we can put my son on the throne immediately before, <laughs> before Renera finds out. So because she's away at the time mm-hmm. and she kind of gathers all her supporters together and be like, OK, how do we take this throne and make sure she does not get it? And everyone's like, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And Lyman is the only one who's like, what are you talking about? Rhaenyra's the heir. We put her on the throne. You're all a bunch of traitors. And then he is um, thrown out a window to his death by Kristen Cole, who is the Kingsguard who has a sordid romantic past with Rhaenyra. Remember the incel I talked about Uh earlier? uh Like has a thing with her. So his big scene is in a room for people who are plotting how to deny Rhaenyra her throne. He's the only one who's like, what are you people talking about? Like, the king, we know what the king wanted. It was to put his daughter on the throne. 
And he's like, get him out of here. <laughs> it's basically it. So we might not want to get too attached to his character. No, but, it, but <laughs> if, it's a if, good scene, right? Yeah. I can already picture that scene being very dramatic and fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like he has the, the background, at least, to pull off something like that and make it memorable, you know, no matter how long he actually ends up being in the series. If it's this character, you know, it sounds like an interesting character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, you know, there, 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 there's some good... There's some, like, small characters who have, who have, like, nice, big, memorable scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Netflix isn't around for that long, but you remember him because yeah. he, like, was involved in a bunch of stuff. That would be a, that's a good role for a character to come on, kill it, and then, like, you know, leave without much time mm-hmm. and um, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, especially because... HBO, they did have that long list of, you know, who was cast and who's who. Mm -hmm. So, sounds like, you know, not really within the main, main cast, but just some, just enough Mm -hmm. to to be memorable and leave his mark and apparently get this congratulations. That's my group. That's hilarious. It could be someone else. Yeah. Or he could not be in at all, but I think he is. And that's where I think he is. But we'll see when the show debuts next year. We sure will. So. Yeah, if anyone has any theories about his character, let us know <laughs> in the comments. But um, yeah, we will move on uh, to continue talking about movies again. Let's do it. <laughs> and I found this to be interesting. Uh, it just came out like yesterday or the day before. And it's all about Warner Brothers, you know, the benevolent overlords who brought us the Suicide Squad and many other memorable movies, including Mortal the Justice Kombat, League. and Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, all those other great, great movies. <laughs> Space Jam and New Legacy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um and of course, they were kind of the big ones to shake up everything when they mm-hmm. were like, hey, we're going to have this new streaming deal for 2021 where, you know, we got to get our movies out somehow. So we are going to release them in theaters and we are also going to release them simultaneously in HBO Max. And they were kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's only for 2021. And, <laughs> and for no extra charge on, on HBO Max, too. Yeah. For no extra charge. I'm like Disney. Um, and, you know, that shook up and made movie theaters mad and made the actors mad and made everyone mad except for the people you know who get to sit home and watch the movies uh but it seems like that will indeed be coming to a close in 2022 because uh it looks like warner brothers committing they made a deal with amc mm-hmm. the theater chain to ensure that their movies in 2022 are released solely and premiered solely in theaters or at least right. amc theater so um, I was looking at the slate of movies for 2022. That means like the Batman, uh, Fantastic mm-hmm. Beast 3, Black oh, Adam, right. The Flash, um, perhaps the Aquaman movie. Those aren't going to be coming to HBO Max. They're going to be going straight yeah, to like theater. Three to four of those superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was looking, I was like, okay, I'm on the Wikipedia page trying to find like some memorable movies. And I and think the other one is Fantastic Beast 3. Yeah. <laughs> The only other movie I could see that's notable for 2022 is like the Elvis biopic or something like that. So, but who's in that? I would have to go back Never um, mind, and look it up. Now I'm now I'm curious to find it out. But you, um, you keep talking. I'll, I'll look it up. Okay, yeah, Elvis movie Warner Brothers. So it's interesting to me that they've at least kind of settled on saying that now we're Austin gonna. Butler. Okay, never mind. <laughs> then now we're gonna. <laughs> It's the way you said that. That was so funny. Uh, You know, now we're going to kind of scratch the whole HBO Max release thing and just kind of force people to go into theaters. And it's got me wondering now, is, you know, everyone else going to follow suit? And it's really like all eyes are on Disney because when it comes to Sony and 
at least Universal, they've been just kind of like, you know, we're just going to put out in theaters. And if you see, you well, see they don't it. got any streaming service they can put them out on, or at least no viable one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it makes me wonder, do you think in your professional opinion, as we look it's at Disney, really <laughs> do you think that Disney will also kind of fold and say, okay, we're just going to go back strictly to in theater viewings, at least, you know, by 2022, mm-hmm. or do you think, it's it's too good not to have, you know, everything go up on Disney Plus and a theater. I mean, I think that one important bit of this is that even though Warner Bros. is going to go back to drop movies in theaters exclusively, they did win something. That before the pandemic, movies were in theaters for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And now in 2022, they're only going to be in there for 45 days. So, like, the window is shrinking no matter yeah. what. I think it's inevitable that movies are going to come out on streaming services, if not at the same time, then pretty soon after. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing some pushback from industry insiders, you know, both the creatives like Denny Villeneuve of Dune was upset and Christopher Nolan was upset that his time travel nonsense couldn't um, come <laughs> yeah. out in the theater only. Um as well as theater trains themselves obviously are being hurt by this. Mm-hmm. They're all going to push back. I think it's kind of a losing battle because at the end of the day, it's it's good for the studio's business. And it, it, the reason it's good for that is because it's so helpful to so many people like us who are just out there watching it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney... I mean, <laughs> I think they'll go back to theaters, sure. Yeah. But I think there'll be like a, a, a smaller window. And I think they might like maybe offer it sooner mm-hmm. on the stuff. I mean, right now, God, we're still, I mean, I'm of two minds, right? Because I, I feel like when some folks are saying like, this is the, what, why did the Suicide Squad underperform at theaters? Why did Black Widow underperform at theaters? <laughs> like, why do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Why like, is that because a Because people don't want to go to freaking theaters because there's a plague on. Like, it's not hard. It's not like rocket science. And yes. Okay. Here's, here's what I was in my head. Mm-hmm. Like when they, when people make arguments like Scarlett Hans make an argument, like if it wasn't a C plus, it would have been a, uh, like a, a box office blowout. Yeah. Like it assumes that there are only two choices that you can either go to the theater during a pandemic, watch the movie, or you can watch it at home. Disney plus like there's a third option. The option is not see it. Yeah. Like if it was only, in the theaters during the pandemic and people couldn't watch on Disney plus, it doesn't mean that everyone who watched on Disney plus would have gone to the theaters two to one. They would have gone from two to three. Just, they would just wouldn't have seen it period. <laughs> oh yeah. Is oh, yeah. my opinion on that. So I, I, I think it's a little weird to blame the lack of box office oomph on some of these recent movies on, well, there are water people watch it where they're able and streaming. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a really good reason they wouldn't go to the theater, whether it's on streaming or not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm tied to as to what kind of at least what Disney's plan will be for the future, because there is a lot of money to be made in streaming. You know, they were boasting how much money Black Widow made in streaming, you know, before Scarlett Johansson was like, I'm going to sue the pants off of you. Hmm. Um, can you do that with Disney? I feel like they've still got, a, you know, a lot of money tucked well, away. Like, I mean, even <laughs> if they gave her, like, what did she want? Like 50, I think, no, I think like 50 million. Yeah. Like, of course, Disney could give her that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, but yeah, it's, it's this tie because it's like, you know, do we care about, you know, 
I hate to call it, you know, antiquated movie theaters not getting their profit and not getting their money? Or do we care about us who made the uh, movie getting as much money as we can, which would be through the streaming route because now mm-hmm. they don't have to split it with the theaters. Um, they to definitely care about themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's tricky too, because obviously theater owners are hurting and people who work in the theater business are hurting. And I, I feel for that. That is, that is difficult, but it's, businesses change Mm -hmm. and there is going to be a period where it hurts more and then it will find an equilibrium yeah and then there will be other things to go into but i i just part of me is like you can you can push back against the inevitable and still lose in the end anyway Mm -hmm. or you can like start getting mba now i guess something (laughs) like that that's very cruel oh yeah it's basically the the way i feel yeah i foresee that after all this it's like nothing is is really going to be the same um as far as the this whole theater industry is going i do think there's going to be maybe a significant downsizing and probably i think even like you can look at movies like you know like fast nine right from universal and didn't have any streaming and it was still kind of like you know it 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 you know probably had the top of the box office for that week but then you know okay at that second week it fell off so it's like yeah like you said people still just aren't going to the theater you know they'll just choose to not watch it I don't watch Fast Nine anyway, so it's not like I have any <laughs> any personal stake you in watch that. Fast Nine, you know, I, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious. Movie, I haven't either. Once. I watched twenty minutes of the first one. Are they and good like, people? No. I, 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 anyone who's seen them should be watched Fast and Furious movies. I am curious. <laughs> I want to watch them, but yeah. Um, and so it's weird because it. I th- I saw Jungle Cruise in the theater as well, oh. and it was a. F- a fun experience for the most part. Christian says no, by the way. <laughs> oh, no. Like, it was fun for the most part, but I was also like, you know, I I'm, I was really starting to feel like I, I possibly could have just watched this at home. I was hoping that, you know, maybe something about the big screen and it's action movie and, you know, The Rock's got all his muscles mm-hmm. out and things like that. I'm like, yeah, maybe that'll make it enjoyable. And I was like, I could have seen this, you know, on my regular TV or even on my phone and, you know, to me, it still would have been the same experience. Um, Ooh, they do not want to hear you saying yeah. that. <laughs> I'm on the hit list now. So Christopher Nolan, I'm pretty sure, like pops a bluff someone says, "Like yeah. I'll just watch it on my phone." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, that's just how it is now, and I think it, it is. You, it is it's, how it is, and you're going to have to, like Christopher Nolan, you're going to have to adapt, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> it, th- th- there's no other option. Yeah, like you can find joy in the new way of things yeah. it's it's okay survive adapt overcome or whatever that the bear grills thing is <laughs> so yeah i was and i was looking you know at the numbers like for the box office where it's like the suicide squad only got only you know 26.5 million domestically black widow did better first week with 80 million jungle cruise got 34 wow. million but it's like and then it falls off that second week whereas you know black widow if it were going um, on record with everything else should have been on track to be a billion dollar movie. Like, you know, second week in a row, number one movie, third week in a row, number one movie. So it's just kind of like, we're all just kind of like, I'm going to go see it. And then I'm moving on. (laughs) I mean, like the ones who really care about it will go to the Mm -hmm. theater because they're willing to risk the plague. I'm guessing. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't talk to them. Yeah. I'm going to go stand outside interviewing people, but um, it's interesting. It does suck that. I mean, this is a little off topic, but like, you know, if, there's a scenario where theaters could be back on their feet a little better by now, you know, but then the Delta variant happens and people aren't getting vaccinated enough. Yeah. So 
It's it yeah. It's again one of those which isn't their fault, right? Like <laughs> but all, maybe a little bit because if you're encouraging folk to go to theaters where there's when there's a plague on and the hard thing to do to get it over with is stay home and encourage vaccinations. Oh, it's a sticky <laughs> wicket, is what it is. We're gonna have a whole other forty minute conversation on this. <laughs> so, oh, good question. Christian asked for people wearing masks in the theaters. Uh, they all were coming in. Once they took their seats, the masks looked like they mostly came off. Yeah. And it wasn't a packed theater, by the way. That's the good thing. The they still haven't been packed. Yeah. yeah. It was like several seats apart. Like, And when I booked them, like, you can't even book like things next to other people. Mm-hmm. Like a few seats away. Yeah. So, yeah, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, go out your comfort level. People will act at their own comfort level so you- i'm so mad about the milk duds though like i've had milk duds <laughs> at every movie i've been to not everyone but like often because i love them and like i've never been to a theater i was like all the milk duds they're like we don't have any i'm so well, then why did you, you even come what? in the first place what do you what do you mean you don't have it doesn't make any sense it's the movie theater chocolate food so that threw me I but maybe s- maybe soon i'm so sorry to hear that um, i'm sorry to Oh, my last, okay, my last thought was going to be that Disney is only going to do, or Marvel is only doing in-theater screenings for Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi, its next movie, to come out. No digital screener, so maybe they, you know, that's kind of been a hot topic as well amongst, you know, well, why can't, you know, some people can't make it, or blah, 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 so we shall see. I had to get (laughs) M&M's. They were fine. I think we should move on. Okay. (laughs) Are are there any good... uh, there's a candy shortage, especially larger sizes. Is there, I didn't said. know that. I don't want to hear that. No. <laughs> oh, trapped. Well. I mean, that would explain it then. Hopefully that's it. Oh, man. Uh, so, shall we get into the lightning round? We get into the lightning round. Lightning round. <laughs> Do we lightning round. <laughs> All right. Where we go through some, uh, several many news stories that we couldn't fit into the main thing. And just give our 20-second takes on them. And we are timed. We can go no. We cannot go over the 20-second limit. All right. I have you with the first headline. So, Dan, a uh, Starfleet Academy show is coming, which means there will now be seven Star Trek series. What do you think? Seven Star Trek series. Damn. It's almost one of those series that I never got into. And just the idea that there are seven different Star Trek shows on the the air at once or will be when this thing goes through is wild to me. I mean, again, it's, it's cinematic universe building. It's trying to do this thing where you have everything on all at once. The first Star Trek I ever watched was Star Trek Picard. First thing I've ever watched. Um, I, uh. <laughs> all right. Second story. We'll never, uh, Star Wars, the bad batch has been renewed for season two in Disney plus. Ooh, yeah. That was surprising news because this week is the finale. So that means there's going to be more. So we can expect there to be some kind of cliffhanger or something like that. Um, I was really expecting them to have a season two anyway. I don't think they were just going to let this show go to waste because there's so much potential, so much money to be made and all that stuff. So it should be exciting. I'm glad that there will be just more animated Star Wars. Cool. You know, last week, Corey Smith was on and he like, I asked him, like, what do you think of this? And he's like, it's fine. Like, 18 (laughs) seconds left. (laughs) Didn't know what to do. Corey, come on. We got time to feel. All right. Well, Dan, Stranger Things 4 is coming in 2022. Um, And it also looks like they revealed a new teaser. What do you have to say about that? That's cool. I mean, it's too bad that we can't see things like this sooner. But, I mean, I understand it. Pandemic messed up things up. But Stranger Things is a long, developing show in the best years. 2022 is what I expected. 2022 is what we're getting. 
but I'll be happy to, uh, I like how ambitious the show is. I like that they really care a lot about it. I'm happy to see the new season when it arrives. Yay. Ooh, you got some bonus points for finishing up early. Nice, nice, nice. nice. <laughs> All right, this is a fun one. <clears throat> um, Idris Elba will play the character Knuckles the Echidna in the movie Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> Did you expect that? Ah, no, totally unexpected. Great to see this coming off of the Suicide Squad as well. I really loved him in that. And He's good. I am such a Sonic stan, um, funny enough. So it was kind of cool to see this know. news happen. Like, I really love Sonic. Me and my brother grew up on it. So the internet was really all over this. And I'm glad that everyone is excited to see him be Knuckles. <laughs> Okay, um, this is interesting as well. So uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy, apparently cut out a scene where LeBron James wore Game of Thrones armor. I didn't see it. I understand that it was just like a giant reference fest where just shoving everything you possibly could, whether it made sense or not. I saw the picture, LeBron James, Game of Thrones armor. It was cool. It was fun. Um, I tend to think it wouldn't have stood out from the rest of the tumult of that movie if it was in. But I'm glad the picture exists. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, this one. This one is interesting. Um, I think we talked about this last week, but we can talk about it again because it is good to talk about. Uh, Disney revealed the prices to stay at its Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. It'll be at minimum five thousand dollars for a two night stay. Yeah, what do you think of that Mia? Yeah, worth it? It's it includes valet parking. It's hard to say if it's worth it, but they are cramming in so many amenities into the state. It also includes your meals, two meals a day, three meals a day. Uh, uh-huh. But you know, there's going to be uh-huh. lightsaber training and Kylo Ren and Rey and Chewbacca and Star Wars meals, and it includes a Disney admission ticket. Five thousand dollars. Well, five thousand dollars. Um, okay. Dan, uh, mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta-Jones will play Morticia Adams in Wednesday on Netflix. Fun. Um, this isn't a Adams Family Cinematic Universe yet, so I'm fine with this. <laughs> Tim Burton directing the Adams Family show. It makes sense. That works. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is charismatic, Welsh, Chicago, musical, not born. Um, I can see it. And then, oh, Luis Guzman is Gomez. Yeah. That could, that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And finally... Um, Alan Cumming, who was, um, you know, Nightcrawler and X-Men, a bunch of other stuff, uh, told producers to beep off when they approach him about playing a role in Harry Potter. Yeah. So that role. Gilderoy I, I, Lockhart, I think. Yeah, it was for Gilderoy Lockhart. And, you know, I was like, wow, he would have been really great in that role. Sure. Kenneth Branagh was fine, too. But uh, apparently they were giving him some BS about, you know, oh, we can only pay you a certain amount of money. Then he checked with someone else who also had the same agent. And they were like, no, they're going to give me more money. So I understand why he was visibly upset. I mean, Lockhart dies anyway. So. No, he doesn't. Well, oh, he, 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 he it's well, memory he, blown out. Yeah, yeah, and then we never and really see him again. Or- oh, oh, bam! And then he shows up, and then he shows up in, in Order of the Phoenix in the mental institution when they visit Neville's parents in the book. I don't know if in the book, movie. yeah. So that would have been his only, you know, little, you know. Now J.K. Oh. Rowling is all nutters anyway. So good I've for heard him. From her in a minute. <laughs> Let's not hear from her. Okay. <laughs> Woo, what a show. That was uh, Take the Black Live for the day of August 11th, 2021. Hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed making it. Mia, did you have a good time? I had a really good time laughing and joking. Laughing, joking, talking, doing serious work, serious analysis. Um, If you want to hear us 
in podcast form. We are available wherever podcasts are available, like Google Play, iTunes, anywhere, really. You can go in, download us, give us a, a star rating, 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, whatever they got there. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And, of course, we stream new episodes of Take the Black Live, live, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winners Coming Facebook page and on the Winners Coming YouTube page. And we hope to see you back here next week. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. 